Welcome to the Iron Society Podcast, where we build men of God to become husbands and fathers that change the world. No man should have to struggle through life alone or lacking the tools they need to win and dominate life. Every week, we will bring you an inspiring and actionable conversation that will forge you into the man and leader God has called you to be. Welcome to the Iron Society. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another Iron Society podcast. This is Cody along here, as always, with Mr. Nick Milligan. Mr. Mick Nilligan. Nick. I know. Nick. Just start calling you Mick Nilligan. No. Or Nicky M. No. Mr. Nicky M. Definitely not. Um, well, hey, we just ate some really good sourdough. Delicious. It was really good. Warm. Warm. It was fresh out of the oven. Fantastic. Yeah. I mean... If you are not a sourdough fan, if you didn't get on like the COVID sourdough <laughs> baking craze, um, you're missing out on a lot of life. I'm just going to say that because yeah. a fresh, warm with the nice crust on the outside, hard to beat, spongy, chewy in the middle. Yep. Um, that is that's something else. So um, life giving, some would say it is, dude. And some before we've taken slices and we've toasted it, put some nice Kerrygold butter on there. Mm-hmm. Um, is this dude eggs yeah maybe some bacon yeah. i mean if you're going in might as well go all out bro you could be super hipster and make some avocado toast oh, on it heck yeah um i'd even be down for that That'd i'm be all great. about the avocado toast you know i there here's the reason i don't like avocado toast oh okay this is the reason i don't like it you putting salt on it too I, i've had it before I, I mean i put all kinds of stuff on it before trader joe's has some really good seasonings like the everything but the bagel seasoning sure, putting sure. on there they have one like a chili lime seasoning that is really good on it i've had it it's good the reason I don't like it, and this just has to do with like my background for so long, I am so about building and maintaining muscle that I look at avocado toast, and there is so little protein on that <laughs> that I just have a hard time justifying eating it because it's just like all carbohydrate and fat, which, you know, if I want to use my macros for that, sure. cool. But a lot of people, like, they're part of their, like, it's like their breakfast is avocado toast. And I'm like, dude, that's no, a lot. No, you need more than that. There's like a whopping. It's like the dessert of breakfast. That's yeah. how I view it. Yeah. Or is it the appetizer? I mean, either way, I'm happy. Yeah. So I just rarely eat it. I, I have had avocado toast with like the salmon locks on it, like covered sure. in that. And that had a ton of protein. I was like, oh, bro, this is a banger. Sure. Let's go. Yeah. So that was really good. So, Yeah. Moving on. Yeah, I just when I start thinking about food, I'm yeah, just like starts daydreaming yeah. and salivating. Well, this is and this is the thing about this is I always <laughs> tell people about this. Like I I really love food. I I really love food. Um, like when I'm eating breakfast, I'm already thinking about what I'm gonna have for lunch and dinner. Sure, you know. Um, and some people are like, do you do you have a food addiction? I don't. Maybe. Like I don't know. I really enjoy it. Like the Bible says, we should enjoy it. You know. I think most. I mean, my son is the perfect example of that. Like. But as you say, he could be eating breakfast and then ask, Hey, what's for dinner? Yeah. Right. And he's, or lunch or yeah. whatever. Like, where are we going to, you know, do we have any this, you know, yep. what in the cupboard or whatever as he's putting something in his mouth? Yeah. I think that's generally most guys. I'm about to say, it might be a dude thing. <laughs> Cause my daughter's, well, I don't know. She's always, she's snacky, mm-hmm. but yeah. who knows? Maybe it's a guy thing. But that's, I mean, it's definitely not what we're here to talk about today is sourdough and, avocado toast no but, but you never know maybe someday we have a little special yeah maybe maybe i'll have i'll have steph on the episode which is funny sourdough that i mentioned special. that because 
one of my um, <laughs> it'll be our biggest one of my man crushes, Nick Bear, and his wife happens to be also named, named Stephanie. Okay, um, that one of their recent podcasts on there, Nick starts talking, asking her about like talking about her sourdough journey. There you go. And I'm like, if I if I needed another reason to love the Bear family, I'm like, dude, you guys are talking about hearing from the Lord, going to church, reading the Bible, like, and now you're making sourdough. And I'm like, come on. Well, there starts to be this alignment that happens when you love Jesus, right? All, yeah. the, all the good, all the good, good things. things in the world start to align with. That is such, actually, <laughs> I didn't even think about, I mean, I don't know if you did that on purpose or not, nope. but that is a fantastic segue. Here you go. Into the two questions, I because like this episode. softballs for you. Yeah. This episode is a continuation of last week's episode. We asked a, we asked some que- or we asked for some questions from the group, and we had three good, really good questions come through. Mm-hmm. Um, last week we talked about how to become the type of leader that your wife wants to follow. Which, by the way, I had this kind of hair up my nose or up my butt, whatever. What is it? Is it hair up your butt or up your nose? I don't know if it's either. Is it a bug in your ear? A bug in your? I don't know. I got a hair in my butt and in my nose and a bug in my ear. Um, Things where they shouldn't be. Yeah, I, I think it would be so cool to do like a five day challenge or like a five a five day challenge that would like almost be like a, a live course where we're teaching guys day by day for five days like different attributes of becoming the man and husband that your wife would want to follow. Oh, sure, I think that'd be really cool. Yeah. So if you're listening to this and you think that would be cool. Um, I don't know. Send me a message on Instagram. Be like, yeah, dude, what you talked about there, let's do that. And I'll be like, rock on, let's do it, man. So, um, but we have two questions and this first question actually is very, very tied into what you just said about everything aligning when you're following the Lord. But this was the question. What is the recipe for going deeper into your spiritual growth? Mm -hmm. What is the recipe for going deeper into your spiritual growth? Which I think is a great question because... I really feel like spiritual growth is the most um, ambiguous and like ethereal thing to think about. Mm-hmm. Like, it, because it, here's the reason why fitness is such an easy thing to measure growth in. Yeah, you can track right? it, quantify it, yeah. see results. Oh, I can, I'm lifting more weight. My body is weighing less. My body is objectively looking better, right? My belt is getting tighter, yeah. right? I can run a mile faster, yeah. right? It's very, very subjective. Same thing with finances, right? Okay, I have more in savings. I'm making more money. I'm, you know, blah, 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 yeah. right? Our debt is going down. You can look at it and see very, very, very measurable progress, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Spiritual growth is not like that. Like, like for the most part, you can't like just look and be like, Ooh, look this. And some people want to try that, right? It's like, Oh, I read my Bible more this week. Right. Yeah. And I would say that's a, I, for me, I would say that's, that is a, um, a fruit of discipline, not, sure. necess- not necessarily spiritual growth. Yeah. Right. Uh, because then I'd ask the question, well, did you want to, like, did you have the desire for that? Uh, oh no, not really. I'm like, did what you read actually help transform you? Exactly. Yeah. Um, so the whole spiritual growth conversation is a really, really good conversation. And one of the first things I think that we need to understand about spiritual growth in general is spiritual growth is not about information. It's about transformation. And this is where I think the Pharisees are a fantastic example of this Mm -hmm. in scripture. I mean, you talk about dudes that knew the law, 
they knew the Torah, right? They knew all the ceremonies and the sacrifices that needed to be place, all the rituals, all the things. They knew all of it. Right? And, we're, and we're zealous about keeping all those laws, oh, right? And, and they were doing all the right things and telling everybody else how good they were at it too. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's, that's one of the things is like when you make spiritual growth about academic growth mm-hmm. or about intellectual growth, you are on the fast track to becoming a Pharisee. Yeah. Um, Being prideful. Yeah. Because the scripture even says knowledge puffs up. And I think that's what, it's what I've seen in some believers lives Mm -hmm. that are kind of in a vein that really, really value academia in Christendom. Yep. It's, well, how many commentaries are you reading, right? How much of this have you done? Yeah. Have you gone, have, do you, have you been educated in this way? Have you, and it's like, okay, well, listen, okay. First of all, all the dudes that Jesus chose to be his disciples, the guys that were going to perpetuate the message and turn the world right side up. These were the rejects of the educational system, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. The reason they were found doing all these other, whoa, I think I just like, that Almost, bug you had somewhere that, else. That bug in my it, ear yeah. went down my throat. Yep. But these were the guys that literally got rejected from the Jewish educational system because they weren't smart enough. And so if Jesus chose the guys that were not good enough in the educational system, I think it, partly it's an indicator of like spiritual growth has nothing to do with intellectualism. Mm-hmm. Right. And when we start to make it about that, you just start to consume a lot of information, but transformation in your life never takes place. Right. And this is why actually we're starting a new series in the Iron Society called the five rhythms of discipleship mm-hmm. um, that my mentor taught me. And it was, they were kind of the core values of um, our old church. And the first one in there is inside out change. That is the, that is the very first rhythm of discipleship is, is your change external or is it internal first, right? What is the priority? Because internal transformation needs to be the priority when it comes to spiritual growth. It's not all the external stuff. That stuff will come, but it's the internal that needs to happen first. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's good because it's God's after your heart, right? Mm-hmm. We've talked about being after David's own heart, and we know from Scripture and historical evidence that, you know, while David uh, meant well and oftentimes sought the Lord and for his strength and, and advice and so on and so forth. Yeah. He also made some really poor choices, right? Big time. And we could go, okay, hold on. David's like God's like favorite. Mm-hmm. And yet he did X, Y, and Z where all of us would be like, ah, uh, time out. Yeah. David belongs in prison, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, he's qualified himself for divorce. Yeah. Uh, definitely took himself out of any pastoral role. Yeah. Like, hold on like and yet you know he was a man after god's own heart like he god viewed him as hey one last thing before we finish this episode how would your life change if you had a band of brothers around you at all times that can encourage you that could challenge you that would pray for you and they would call you to being all that god has created you to be My guess is your life would be different in every single way. You as a man would be better. Your marriage would be better. Your relationship with your kids would be better. 
and you would finally start to win and thrive as the man of God that you are. So if that sounds like something you would want to do, I want to offer you a free two-week trial inside the Iron Society Brotherhood. Go ahead and head on over to ironsociety.co slash free trial, and you can get in the brotherhood for two weeks to see how it can absolutely change your life. This this great ally, if you will. Yeah. Right. So it's it's interesting, you know, if you stop and think, it's not about even the external behavior and, and the choices that we make sometimes because yeah. Because luckily, there's grace. God realizes there's no way we're going to achieve yep. perfection because of the fall. And at the end of the day, it's a matter of, of a heart issue, which mm-hmm. is that inside transformation you're talking about. Yeah. Once that heart of stone becomes flesh again, right? Which is not any of our doing to begin with. Yes. Right? So that's that's first and foremost, acknowledging that we need a Savior who yeah. can transform us for us, not not by any of our own works, yeah. but it, it's a, it's a gift yeah. that we should cherish and be grateful for. And, and out of that thankfulness, begin to respond and transform again, out of the thankfulness of our, our regenerated heart, transform how we think, act and do. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's where like, what we have to understand is like, all the spiritual disciplines, because when you, when you think about spiritual growth, spiritual disciplines do come in the mix, right? Certainly. And, and we're talking about prayer. We're talking about fasting. We're talking about reading scripture. We're talking about all of those things. All of those things are involved in spiritual growth, right? But there is a way of doing them where, again, it's either an inside out change or it's an outside in change mm-hmm. of saying, I'm going to start doing all of these things. Why, even though I don't feel it on the inside and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. No, it's not a bad thing. No. Right. Because oftentimes I think motion creates emotion. And so if you just get into the rhythm of doing it and the discipline of doing it, oftentimes, even though you don't feel like doing it up front, it becomes something over time that you end up really cherishing and valuing. And so I don't necessarily think outside in change is terrible, but I think inside out change is really what the Lord is after. He wants to change your heart and your desires to reflect that, which is going on on the outside. It's foundational. Yeah. That's how I would put it. Yeah. Right. Like if you don't have that foundation, you can do all that you want from the outside and you're just going to be building upon the sand, so to speak. So yeah. while, while it's good to build, it's good to build up and have the external, you know, protect from the weather and so forth. For instance, but if you're not building upon a strong foundation, which I would argue that's your internal aspect that you're, you're speaking of, that's kind of, you know, you're only going to get so far. Yeah. It's only going to last so long. Yep. And, and for me, when it has always come to my spiritual growth and this is, this is how I've always approached it personally, because it was what was taught to me mm-hmm. is if I want to grow spiritually and I'm not where I want to be spiritually, I don't have a spiritual growth problem. I have a relationship problem, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Because just think about it. If you want to make your marriage better, you can try, you can read all the books, you can do all the things, but if there is some kind of foundational relationship thing with you and your wife, you can try all the external things. And this is why people fail so miserably 
at, at growing their marriage and creating a marriage that is an example to other people because they're trying to do all this crap on the outside when the relationship at its core is fractured, right? And so for me, when it has come to causing more spiritual growth in myself, it's always trying to deepen the relationship that I have with Jesus. And for me personally, that comes, that comes in times of prayer, worship, and in the word. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and some people would look at those and be like, well, that's spiritual disciplines. Not, not, I'm, yes, you could put them in that bucket, but I think it is impossible to encounter the presence of God and remain the same. You just, and you see that in scripture too. Right. So, I, if you, the impetus for spiritual growth, I believe is encountering Jesus. That is the, imp- because look in the gospel, right? These people that encountered Jesus, their life was changed and it wasn't because they tried to change it. It's because they encountered the one who could change it. Yeah. And this is where, like, I love this verse in Titus two. I just thought of this and I grabbed my Bible, but, uh, Titus two eleven and 12 says, for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Now, verse 12, teaching us, what's teaching us? The grace of God. It's teaching us to deny ungodliness and worldly lusts that we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age. So many people are trying to legislate their spiritual growth and righteousness. Mm-hmm. They're trying to put rules, regulations, and boundaries, and all these disciplines in place, which are not bad. Mm-hmm. They're not bad. Mm-hmm. But that is not where living soberly, righteously, and godly comes from. Grace teaches you this. And so this is where some people just don't have the right view of grace. People think grace is the, you know, is the grease that gets them out of sticky situations that they got themselves into because of their sin. Sure. That's part of it. Grace will, grace is part of what forgives you and it, it, and it justifies you, but grace also teaches grace is a teacher. Mm -hmm. And that's why I always, that's why I always go back to, man, I just need to experience the grace of God more. I need to experience the presence of God more and spiritual growth will come as a byproduct of that relationship being stronger, not me trying to just do all the things to make it look like I have a good relationship. And that's where the yeah. the intellectualism and all of that, it's like, oh, wow, you have, you know, 17 commentaries stacked up over here and you've gone to this conference and that conference and oh my, oh, oh you're going to, you're going to some Bible college. Wow. That's awesome. Way to go. Sure. You know? Sure. Um, but without application, hundred percent, you know, all the head knowledge in the world doesn't get you anywhere. Correct. I mean, okay. Have you ever come across that person? You know, maybe you've got this person in your family or friend circle or church or work or whatever, who is wicked smart, just, just a, a we would call a bookworm, right? Just he, they're all about knowledge and yeah. they have it, right? You could go and ask them some complex thing and they'd be able to tell you all about it. And it's, it's fascinating how, yeah. how sharp they are and their ab- ability to recall and all the things. But you put them in a social situation mm-hmm. and they just sink. Yeah. It's the craziest thing because you would think that a person with their IQ would be capable in any situation, ultimately, yeah. right? And yet you put an axe in their hand and they don't have the foggiest idea of the motion in which they're supposed to swing said at. I, I watched this one time. It yeah. was the most awkward thing <laughs> I had ever seen. And I thought he was going to hurt himself. It, I like, I, I, I pulled everybody back. Yeah. 
gave him lots of room. And then when he had put it, you know, down one time, I was like, okay, I kind of stepped in, grabbed the axe away <laughs> and like, okay, here's, do you want to learn how to do this safely? <laughs> you know what I mean? And <clears throat> I'm saying this because again, it's, it's the application of said knowledge is what counts. Yeah. You could be, you could pass every test. 4.0 student, whatnot, but you go to your first employment or go to start a business and you're so awkwardly socially that that no one wants to be around you. Yeah. That what have you gained? Yeah. Bunch of bunch of head knowledge that might win a game of Jeopardy. Yeah, Jeopardy or something. Cool. I don't know. I mean but at the end of the day, again, I think it goes back to that application that allows you to really experience life the way I think God intended us yeah. to, right? And that's in community and that's loving one another, all the, all the one another's, right? Yep. We, we can't do it just on our own. And I think you even were kind of nailing it there. It's, it's time spent with Jesus. It's yep. time spent in the word, in prayer, all that's all those things you spoke of. It's time. Yeah. He, part of it is time. You've yeah. got to be engaged, you know, spiritually means, you know, emotionally, that means with some head knowledge. It means with prayer, right? That means every area and aspect of your life, in a sense. And yeah. so that, yeah, for me, it's, you've got to be engaged time-wise. And, yeah. and to be able to apply what you've learned in a real situation. Like I could go, like you mentioned, I could read all the marriage books and whatnot, but if I'm not engaging with my wife and practicing those things that I learned, yeah, what I'm not really gaining anything. I yeah. haven't improved anything. I, I haven't shared what I've learned. I haven't practiced what I've learned, enabling me to actually repair and build upon the relationship that we do have, yeah. let alone, you know, I cause it to thrive. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And so, and, and the second thing, so the first is like, it's, it's, it's not about information. It's about transformation. Mm -hmm. Um, the second thing, I think what we really have to define with spiritual growth is how to not only define it, but what can we point to that are indicators of spiritual growth? And the two things I think are the process of sanctification and fruit, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, a tree is known by its fruit, right? A bad tree will not produce good fruit and a good tree will not produce bad fruit. Um, I think when you look in scripture, we see that we are to be conformed into the image of Christ, right? Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Mm -hmm. And, and we're supposed to be conformed in the, into the image of Jesus. Mm -hmm. So one of the other markers that I use for my life, and I, I mean, I fall short of this all the time. I look at the life of Jesus in the gospel and then I look at my life. I say, how far off are those two things? Right. And most of the time I'm like, they're, they're farther off than I wish they were. Sure. Right. And I think most people would probably say that the other part though, is I look for my life. I look at aspects of my life and I say, where am I? Where am I growing? Where am I looking more like Jesus? Yeah. Right? Where's this progress being made? Where, where is this? Am, am I more loving with people? Mm -hmm. Am I more graceful with people or am I super judgmental right off the bat? Right. Or am I super harsh right off the bat mm -hmm. with people? Um, same thing with my wife and my kids, all these things, um, is my first response to s go to the father in prayer when I have like, cause you look at Jesus, right? I mean, it was, he, he would withdraw and isolate himself to go be with the father when things were burdening him. Yeah. Right. Um, are those my first responses or my first responses to go seek pleasure mm -hmm. or is it to seek father? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and I think that, that starts to show you are you traveling this road of sanctification? Mm -hmm. And then also just look at the fruit in your life. Mm -hmm. Look at the fruit. 
And you can just look at the fruits of the spirit, for example, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, right? Nailed it. Those things. Um, how are those things in your life, right? Mm -hmm. um, how are you at loving people? How's your joy, right? It's one thing like, like it was it, actually this last week, I, had a, I have a particular person in my mind that is one of the most joyful people that I know. And I was, I was literally just thinking, if you were to look at me and look at this person, how far off are our, like, because this other individual, Tim Wimberly, um, you, you, you meet the guy you're around, like, dude, yep. the guy is just like, he's a big teddy bear of joy, mm -hmm. right? Um, and, you know, sometimes just because of, like, I get in this mode of I got to be hard and I got to be, like, stoic and just, you know, disciplined and all of that. And I'm like, that's the antithesis of somebody that's overflowing with joy, you know? Um, but, or, or patience. Oh my God, we can go, we can probably talk about patience forever. Yeah. Right. Well, and the evidence of these things to me, how you could gauge it. If you, if you were trying to put a, put a metric on it a little bit, are people drawn to you? Right. Yeah. Jesus, for example, let the little kids come. Right. Cause they wanted to, they wanted they to be were with them. drawn to Jesus. Cause I'm guessing, cause he was fun. Yeah. Right. Super joyful, encouraging, loving, like they, they knew. Mm -hmm. Right. And I mean, the throngs that followed him, it wasn't just the healings and the, just the miracles and whatnot. Like he had wisdom to share, right? Yeah. Cause he cared and he wanted to serve people and love people. Like there was this, this genuine attraction yeah. about him. Right. And I think that's, you know, one good gauge that we could use, you know, are people, do people even want to be around you? Mm -hmm. Like maybe start there. Maybe if that's so, yeah. you know, if that's the brutal truth, if you're like, oh yeah, no one really calls to hang out. Yeah. You know? That might be a really hard pill to swallow as far as the truth comes, but that's, that's not their issue. That's, that's kind of your issue that, that should cause you to reflect and go, okay, well, what makes a good friend? Why, why do I want to be around other people? Mm -hmm. Oh, they're really encouraging. Maybe I should work on being more encouraging. Yep. Right. So on and so forth. Yeah. You know, on down the line. Um, I, I've always called it evidence of God's grace mm -hmm. in that, that that's the fruit, right? Evidence yep. of God's grace. Because again, we're not in this alone. I yep. can't force out of nothing this, I'm just a super encouraging person, right? Yeah. I can be encouraging because I've been encouraged yeah. because I've spent time in the word and in prayer and have been encouraged by God's word, right? Yeah. I have hope. And so now I can go and pour that out to others. Mm -hmm. Right. And so now I've got that to me is evidence of God's grace in my life. I've been given it and now I can go and give it out as well. Yeah. I don't know. That's, that's kind of how I viewed that. Yeah. Well, and I also think when we look, when we're talking about fruit in our life, I think tying it back to the first thing we talked about of, you know, this is a, this is about transformation, not information and changing from the inside out mm -hmm. is when was the last time you ever walked by an orchard and heard the trees grunting to produce fruit? Right. Right. When was the last time you ever walked by an apple orchard or a vineyard and you heard the vines like, I'm trying so hard, I'm trying so hard. Like it just, <laughs> right. Because what happens is, is those things are in a, when they're, when trees and vines and orchards are in a healthy place, the natural production yeah. is fruit. Yeah. The problem is Christians try and grunt their way and, and, legislate their way and discipline their way to more fruit. Yeah. And I it's mean, like, I, no, that's, that's, that's not how it works right. with when we're lot, when we're talking about fruit, right? It's our, is the environment that those things are in mm -hmm. 
conducive to mm-hmm. producing fruit. Mm-hmm. And so it's one of the reasons why 99% of the time in our car, in our home, you, it's, it is weird to not hear worship music on in the Chapman house. It's weird. It, that is the anomaly. I mean, around this time of the year, there's a lot of Christmas music on, which I mean, you know, some fair I mean, amount of it yeah. is and, worship. And a lot of it is worship, you know, or keeps our, it puts our affections and our mindset on, on the Lord. Joyful. Yeah. Um, and that's one, one of the reasons why we started doing that years ago is partially because that's what I've done since I was 12 years old, um, is cause I didn't grow up in a Christian home and it was always just this crazy environment. And my youth pastor told me, start to change the environment in your house. Just put worship music on. So I remember when the passion CDs first started coming out oh, yeah. uh, with Lou Giglio and Chris Tomlin, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. um, in my home where there was always, you know, fighting and arguing and bickering, you know, you know, I was the only one following the Lord in my house. I would, I would vacuum and do all my, di- you know, do all the chores, um, with worship music blasting, mm-hmm. you know, and what's funny is my mom, whenever she would come to church, like once a year, uh, she's like, Hey, I know this song <laughs> because <laughs> you play it on repeat all the time, mm-hmm. you know, but it's because we're trying to cultivate an environment in our car or in our home. It's just one little way. Yeah. We're creating an environment in which fruit can be produced. Now, yeah. does it mean that, you know, 29 minutes ago that our kids were not screaming their heads off upstairs and throwing tantrum? No, it doesn't mean that doesn't happen. Sure. You know, but in general, um, even as parents, it's hard to respond in a super duper harsh way nonstop when you have this worship music playing in the background of like, you know, God, I want you. <laughs> like, sure. you know, like I surrender my life to you. So that's, I think that for when it comes to spiritual growth, it's, it's an inside out change. It's about transformation, not information. And the way you produce the fruit and sanctification, it comes down to the environment that you are creating mm-hmm. and steeping yourself in. Mm-hmm. And that's why we always say when you wake up in the morning, get in the word right away. It's the first thing you can start to do to put yourself in an, in an environment and a context to hear the Lord and grow, mm-hmm. um, play worship music throughout the day instead of whatever else you would listen to. Right. There's a lot of different things you can do to cultivate the environment and the soil that your soul is in to create more fruit. I think that last line was perfect there. I'm not a horticulturalist. Yes. I think I almost nailed that. Yeah. Or a tree expert or anything like that. But back to your reference there, when trees are stressed, that's when things don't go well. Yeah. Right. And if your environment is stressing you out, if you're not cultivating that environment, giving the right amendments and nutrition and, and all the mm-hmm. things, which, you know, is worship music, being in the word, you know, speaking over your family, you know, positive and, you know, peace and so on and so yeah. forth. There's when none of, when, when that doesn't exist, you're, you're only asking for a stressful environment Yeah. instead of the talk radio on the on the car on the ride in to work or ride home for work what if you put some music you worship music on or p- perhaps a, a short sermon you know or something what have you to re-engage your brain and back and kind of alignment with god and instead of being stressed out about what's going on in the world yeah. what have you like there's simple practical things that you can do to help cultivate that yep. in which you're desiring yeah just got to be mindful about it. Yeah. And that's where I think the discipline comes in, mm-hmm. right? Cultivating the environment in which you are in, that takes discipline. Yes. That takes intentional disciplined choice. Mm-hmm. And that is where I really believe the discipline of spiritual growth comes in is creating the environment 
and adding the nutrients and, you know, amendments and all of those things. Yeah. That's what takes discipline and forethought. Yeah. But and it's, it's the long game too, right? Yeah. You can't just do that for a week and expect things to be so much better and be able yeah. to look at it and go, oh, wow, what a difference. Da, da, da. It's the long game. Yeah. Trees don't grow overnight. They yep. take years and years and years. Yeah. There's, there's this thing called patience that Americans don't have. <laughs> and we need so much more of it, right? Yeah. And I think that's one thing, you know, I try and pray for all the time. Help me increase my patience. Let yep. me respond slower. Yep. Allow me to ask better questions instead of giving my opinion. Because mm-hmm. I'm really good at it. <laughs> Everyone is entitled to Nick's <laughs> Everyone's opinion. Everyone's entitled to my opinion. Everyone <laughs> around me knows that. Unfortunately, right? That's yeah. not what I want to be known for. I want to yeah. be known for being a patient husband and father, leader in my community that really... When I do speak, it's listened to because I don't just jammer on all the time, yeah. giving you my every thought. Yeah. Right? There's there's so many things in Proverbs that talks about just that. Yeah. Let me be slow to slow to speak, quick to listen, and let me really evaluate and seek knowledge and wisdom and insight and give that yeah. as a response. Yeah. And that would be the you start you started to hit something there that I, I wanna I wanna make sure it gets pointed out with the we want to see rapid spiritual growth, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? I think when, when we look at sanctification and spiritual growth, we look, we almost look at it in days and weeks and months. And God looks at it from the perspective of seasons and years. It's good. Right. Cause even think about it when we're talking about fruit, right. And, and developing fruit. If you plant a vineyard, you're not going to get good fruit for like five years. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you have to build that soil, the, the vines and the trees need to mature. Um, and so the, and fruit, if you get a bad winter or something, right. An early yeah. frost, it can destroy it. Right. Absolutely. So you've got to defend it. Right. Yep. You've got to mitigate those things, whether it's covering the plants, even putting heaters out in the vineyards and whatnot, you've got to be proactive in that sense too, to really yeah. defend the fruit. Yeah. Sorry. I kind of jumped no. in. No, you're good, dude. Um, but I, I think like that's the other thing that you have to give yourself grace on, pun intended, mm. is allowing sanctification and spiritual maturity and spiritual growth to happen over seasons and years, mm-hmm. not just days and months. Mm-hmm. Because sanctification is a process. Yep. And oftentimes the enemy will use the speed of sanctification to accuse you, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Oh, well you did this or you're not growing fast enough or this should have been fixed by now, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. I cannot in all of scripture, if you, and if you're listening to this, please do challenge me on it. We're going to get back to the rest of this episode in just a moment. But first I had a question for you. Have you taken the 28 day on purpose husband challenge? The 28-Day On-Purpose Husband Challenge is a challenge and devotional that I wrote six years ago for men, and thousands of men have now gone through the 28-Day On-Purpose Husband Challenge and have absolutely transformed their marriage. Every day comes with a devotional written specifically for you as a man to deepen your relationship with God and a challenge that you can do every single day to make your marriage even better. To go get your hands on a copy, head on over to ironsociety.co slash store and grab your book today. Now let's go ahead and jump into the rest of this episode. You will never find a timeline for sanctification in scripture. Never. The only timeline 
you will truly find in scripture about our sanctification is at the very end when we're finally with Jesus, everything is made whole and right and perfect, right? Was it Edwards or Owens or Mark? Maybe it was Luther. All of a Christian's life is one of repentance. Mm-hmm. The entire thing. Yeah. Right? We never arrive. Yep. Right? Heaven awaits and in there everything will be made new and that's amazing. Yeah. But until then, we're we're learning every day. We're growing every day. We're repenting every day. Yeah. Because it's required. Yep. Yeah. So when it comes to spiritual growth, it's an inside out game. It's about transformation, not information. Um, fruit matters. The process of sanctification is not an overnight deal. Mm-hmm. Like sanctification is not a hot pocket that you put into the microwave and it comes out steaming hot and you're like, look how on fire I am. No, because the fact is that's garbage. Yeah. Yeah. Hot pockets. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Overnight sanctification. Yeah. Doesn't it's just it's garbage. It's not a thing. Yeah. It, yeah. Well, even I th- just think about, I mean, we'll probably end the, the, the podcast here in a minute. We'll get to the third question next week. How dare us think we were going to get through two questions in a week. <laughs> but like one of the things I think about, uh, cause I did some leather working a few years ago and I made like my wallet is actually, I, I made it. Um, nice. And cause I thought it was super cool. I, I, I always was watching these videos of leather working and I don't know what about leather working was so like attractive to me at the time. It still kind of is. Um, but one of the things that I always really loved about looking at old wallets or old journals or old leather, right. Mm-hmm. Is the patina, mm-hmm. right? Like patina leather is like, there's just something about it where I'm like, ah, I just, it, it, for some reason, just looking at it gives me this feeling of relaxation, you know, um, just the color and the softness. Yeah. Right? It's worn in, right? It's worn it's in. It's actually more supple. Yeah. And one of the things that like you can't fake very well with leather is patina. Yeah. Like you, you can, tr- there are, there are tricks of the trade that I was starting to learn on how to make things look more patina. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. But true patina, like the, how, how like the thread just gets, I mean, over the years it gets pushed into that leather and has the slight off white color, but it's, but like the gradient of the wear is perfect. You know, all of this. You can try so hard to manufacture that, right? But true patina, that takes, I mean, the wallet I've had, I made it maybe like six years ago. And I mean, it's like nice and supple and the colors on the edges, like you can see the darkness around where the cards would go and how it gradually gets to the lighter on the front, you know? Um, It in a sense tells a story, right? It does. Because it's had all these experiences, right? And so, and you can visually kind of see that. Now you've got to use your imagination because it's not like your leather wallet's talking to you or what have you, but like, you know, it's been somewhere, yes. you know, it's seen some things, you know, it's done some things. And I think that's the correlation that I'm drawing from what you're talking about is just, we need that time, Yes, that time to experience that time to grow, that time to become more appliable, right? Yes. Be more willing to be humbled, more willing to be patient time is what causes that in us. Yeah. And I, and I just think like spiritual growth is like spiritual patina, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, and you, you can't fake it and it doesn't happen overnight. Mm-hmm. It just, it happens over time. It just does. That's rich. That's good. And, and I think like, if you just think about like when you become a Christian, you just, you, you, you just got a brand new leather wallet that the Lord's going to start working on and taking through some things and teaching and years down the road, right? It's like, you're going to look at it and be like, Oh, how'd you get so spiritually mature? 
You know, how did you, how, what have you done for spiritual growth? And it's like, oh man, I was dropped and drugged through the mud, but the Lord picked me up and washed me off and taught me this. And this experience forged more patience in me, mm-hmm. forged more love, mm-hmm. you know, and more kindness in me. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just, just think about spirit. Like you're just, you want to get that patina on that wallet. It's just going to take years. It's and just going to take years. And I'll say too, oftentimes it's, it's having these types of conversations with those around you that can help you reframe and refocus on those things, those spiritual gifts that you're desiring. Yeah. I think we get so busy in the hustle and bustle of life and all the things and we're trying to do it on our own and this and that. And you know, there again, we're, we're created to be in community. Yeah. And when we have conversations that draw out of us again, Oh yeah, I d- I really do desire this. Oh yeah. I, I see that in this person's life and man, that, that's, that's awesome. I want, I want yeah. to be that guy who, you know, prays for, uh, people when they show up to their home for the first time, like mm-hmm. our friend does like, it's like oh, that's cool. I, yeah. I want to, you know, and it's, it's other people's experiences that we can draw upon and go, Oh, I didn't ever even realize that was a thing. I could totally yeah. do that. Yeah. I want to do that, you know? Yeah. And so it just that spiritual growth isn't meant to be walked alone. I no, don't think hundred percent. Right. Yeah. We're supposed to be in community. You know, whether that's a small group with your church, you know, going to church is great, but you, you got to be known, right? Yeah. You got to be involved some way, somehow to be truly known and to know others. And so trying to find those smaller settings, right, where you can be accountable to them and them accountable to you and to be vulnerable with and really talk about the deeper things of life that I think we all really desire, but we, we don't know how to go about well. And I think when we can draw upon other, uh, models, uh, other people, other people's experiences and perspectives Mm -hmm. that can be a huge asset for us. Um, you know, and that's part of why, you know, we chose to start the iron society was Mm -hmm. to have a place where men can get together and be real. Yep. Hey, I'm struggling with this. Hey, what do you do when this happens? Like, how am I supposed to think about this, Mm -hmm. man? This freaking happened yet again today. What this whole patience thing isn't really panning out for me. Yeah. Right. And we call them hot conversations, uh, honest, open and transparent and allows us to kind of highlight a a situation or an issue and kind of talk through it. Right. And bring a biblical lens to it first and foremost, and then some practical advice to go along with it. Like, all right, well, have you thought about this? This is, Something that that seems to have worked for me because I saw it here modeled in the Bible or this other yep. man in my life was able to demonstrate this to me and made a ton of sense and it, you yeah. know, here we go. So yeah. that it's those, it's invaluable what relationships can do and when you're able to be open and transparent within them. Yeah. And I, and it makes me think of the quote that's always, you know, part, part of it has scared me and part of it has always really inspired me and encouraged me but you're the average of the five people you spend the most yep. time with. And, um, if just look at the five people around you that you spend the most time with, how spiritually mature are they? Mm-hmm. What's their spiritual growth like? Mm-hmm. And if they are spiritual infants still, you know, drinking the milk of the word and not getting into the meat and they're not exhibiting a lot of the fruits of the spirit. Um, that might be one of the reasons why you're having a hard time growing spiritually mm-hmm. is because I mean, going back to the fruit analogy, right? It's like, you could, you could use the same seeds that another farmer is using that it has a beautiful vineyard or a beautiful orchard. But if the farmer that is farming that seed sucks, mm-hmm. the, the crop's going to die mm-hmm. because 
what the what what comes is around environment. right it comes back to your environment yeah so and this is honestly where i would look at the church you attend mm-hmm. right like what's the spiritual maturity of the church in general right or um is it just all ah oh, these these just feel really good and make me feel good and mm-hmm. you know it's not really challenging me or mm-hmm. exhorting me um that th- that environment is a very real environment that will or will not produce um spiritual growth in you the people you spend a lot of time with um all of these different contexts of environment really matter when it comes to your spiritual growth it is not just about what you are doing but it's about what you are doing to cultivate the in different contexts and environments that you're in because yep. they will all affect spiritual growth and maturity absolutely so um i mean it's a really long 42 minute answer to a i mean i wouldn't call it a simple question it's a i mean it and there's a ton of this stuff we can still talk about oh yeah we can keep going um, on this one but that's i mean gosh it's about transformation not information it's an inside out deal um be disciplined in creating your context and your environments um and know that it happens over time you got to add that patina to your your spiritual life and that just comes that comes over time yep it comes over time yep look look and seek out those the the evidence of god's grace uh, and be thankful for them i think that's yeah. a position that we often overlook is being thankful for what we do have yeah. for what spiritual walk is taking place mm-hmm. um don't overlook those yeah don't overlook where you're at thank god we're not where we used to be right yep you know may not be where we want to be yet but thank god we're not where we used to be at least yeah. we're we're saved by by grace and able to walk in the light and knowledge of of the word and you know just just being in position of that thankfulness thus humility yeah and and propel yourself from there yeah i think that's great well it's time for spiritual growth friends just gonna take time so and if you do i I, and i I know we talk about this every week at the end of the podcast but if if you want to put yourself in a context and an environment will where you will not just grow spiritually but you'll grow as a man husband father friend leader all those things um, the iron like, and, and we've said it for so long. I mean, part of the biggest thing that we focus on in the iron side is creating a culture and an environment mm-hmm. where it is conducive to producing these things. Mm-hmm. And that's why we see the fruit we do. Mm-hmm. So if you want to grow spiritually, you want to grow as a husband, grow as a father, you want to get to the next level with in your marriage and all those things. Uh, the iron society is where you need to be at. Like it is the place you have probably been searching for and either never knew existed, or you just haven't taken the jump yet yep so um go grab those five friends that are suffering yeah bring them in too <laughs> as man. well and seriously go. i wonder what would happen seriously if like a group of five ten guys from a church all just all instantly joined the iron society and all went in on it i i mean i just wonder what would happen to that context the image that springs to my mind is rowing mm-hmm. right if you get one guy in a canoe and he's rowing yeah he could get across the lake yeah eventually but if you had like five other guys, crew of six, all going succinct, working off the same framework, yeah. off the same timing, off the same everything, and you were all motivating one another, oh, man, I mean, be wild. The exponential growth would be off the charts. Yeah, be absolutely crazy. That would be crazy. Yeah. So, anyways, you could start it. You could start it. You could be the one dude from your church to start it. So, anyways. We love you guys. We believe um, the best is yet to come for you. And we know that, um, man, you were called to so much more than you're probably currently living. Well, than you are living. And uh, we want to see you do that. So anyways, until next week, we'll talk to you soon. 
out. Hey, one thing before you go, if you got any value out of today's episode, we would so appreciate a five-star rating and review wherever you are listening to this podcast, as well as, hey, take a picture with your phone of you listening, take a screenshot and post it to social media. Go ahead and tag me at Cody Chapman, and you can tag Nick as well at the Nick Milligan. Also, if you want to learn more about the Iron Society, you can head on over to ironsociety.co to learn more. We'll see you next week.